Welcome everybody to episode 143 of the Rave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. Um, and uh, this is our show. This is it. Um, that's, that's all. Bye. That's not it. That's, that's Don't turn it off. <laughs> Please. No, we still have a couple more hours of stuff that you don't want to listen to. Yay. Because we don't know how to stop talking. <laughs> I usually don't know how manage, people manage to have like a full show in like 20, 30 minutes. And it takes us at least two hours to get out everything that we want to say. I mean, they have much less content. That's true. But, you know, they could pack more interesting stuff into a smaller time frame. I suppose. <laughs> uh, you know, we have like like our, our peers, our contemporaries that do shows that are like half as long as us. But we do a lot. We do something that not a lot of other shows do. We combine news and and film reviews. Right. A lot of times, you know, most most shows, not just horror, but you know, shows that have kind of our dynamic, where it's mostly just like a like a talk show. They do kind of one or the other. They either have like a discussion, there's like a general discussion, um, or they do like film reviews. Um, you know, or you know, um, not so much news like we do, but like, um, hot, like the hot topics. You know, like the, the topical things um, that they will discuss. Yeah, and that's why our show's so long. You get it. You get more for your time. It's like a better value. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we're really good for like long commutes. Or, it's true. Uh, if you work are, days. Yeah. I see, I can't listen to podcasts while I'm working. Like I, I'll put them on and then I'll stop paying attention to them because I'm like busy working. I can't focus on what people are saying, so I, I prefer music. That's fair. Yeah, but I do like I listen to like podcasts or listen to audiobooks while like I'm on the treadmill. Um, so it distracts me from how much I hate running. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, anyway, uh, hey Taylor. Hey Tony. How's it going? Oh, pretty good. Not so bad. Not so bad, and you? <laughs> um, cool. What's new? Not much. I, I spookified my apartment. I probably can't see very well on the camera. Put up, put up our Halloween decorations that's, already. That's a that's a ghost right there. This thing. It's actually a, that's the Grim Reaper. Yeah, with the with the flying ghost. This this right here. This right here it says trick or treat. These nope. These are these are spider webs right here. It's all very spoopy. Yep. There's a uh, there's pumpkins over there. You can see the pumpkins. Yeah, they're uh, right yeah, there. 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 These things. If you look, you can see the window in my bedroom over there. That's you can see an eyeball. There's like light up eyeballs in my bedroom. Windows. See in the street. It's gonna creep people out. You'll be like, hey. Look at those giant eyeballs. Like, oh my god, there's a monster in that apartment. It's probably good. People listening are like, what are they what are they <laughs> pointing at? What are they why are they saying look at this? It's a <laughs> podcast. Well, we're live on Facebook right now. Yeah, and if you're not watching, then you fucking missed out. Is everybody missed out because no one's watching. <laughs> hey, there's, there's one somebody. <laughs> we're not too scared of away. Oh god, they're talking to me now. <laughs> um 
anyway, uh, yeah. So I mean, that, nothing new, nothing going on. Not really. We are officially one. Uh, hey, two people. We are less than right. one month away from GPP takes LA. Yeah, that's gonna be so. We we got a uh, three people. Holy shit. We we got a action packed. What's happening? A a, a a full schedule. We got a full slate. Yeah. Trip. I mean, we're gonna be down there for a week, and we've got things planned for almost every single day. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's gonna be pretty busy. You guys are going to want to keep up with that on Twitter and Instagram. Hashtag GPP takes LA. We're going to be hitting up uh, Universal Studios Halloween Horror Nights. We're going to be hitting up uh, Tobias's Queen Mary and their, their spooky thing. Dark Harbor, I think it's called. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be hitting up Disneyland. We're going to be hitting up the Oogie Boogie Bash. I'm scared everybody. Uh, <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I told you to stop talking. But no, it's going to be a good time. Yeah, we're going to go to uh, the I Like Scary Movies experience. Oh, yeah. Or is it called Experience? I think it's just called I Like Scary Movies. Okay, yeah, whatever it's called. Um, we're going to that, so yeah. that should be neat. Um, they stopped doing it in uh, April? Uh, no, it was like June. Was it that recently? Anyway, they stopped doing it, and then the the goal was from the start for them to kind of take it on a, on a, on a tour around the country um but i guess before they do that they're going to do a second run through the beginning of november i believe so just in time for us to be down there and they added friday the 13th yeah and nightmare <clears throat> or nightmare on the street those are there you sure yep all right well i've seen the pictures you seen it i saw it why did i put beef jerky in my mouth while I'm trying to talk. Because you're a fucking unprofessional <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Why do I have to be professional? I'm not getting paid for this shit. Yes, you are. Speaking of which, we want to thank our grave diggers over on Patreon. <laughs> How about that transition? You're welcome. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> over on Patreon, our grave diggers help support our show monetarily. They, uh, Feed us money every month to keep our bloodlust satiated. Sated, that's the word. Not satiated. Is it satiated? Are you sure? Yeah. Mm. Well, look it up. No, 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 no. look it up. I don't care. <laughs> Hashtag no fact checks. <laughs> um, but they do, uh, yeah, they, they funnel money into this show because they think that we're going to get better somehow. It's been six years, guys. This is, this this is, this is, this is as good as it gets. <laughs> but Nevertheless, they like to uh, feed us their hard-earned dollars, and we put it to good use most of the time. Like it finances our trips to LA. No, <laughs> no. Or does it? Stop. They're going to stop giving us money. <laughs> Will they? Just say their names. <laughs> Fuck. They are Kevin Nesgoda, Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent. Joshua Hodges, Carlos Rodella, The Horror Addicts, Max Zaleski, and Aaron Meyer. Thank you so much, guys. Your support means a lot, and it really does help us keep the show running. Um, you know, we don't have a lot of costs with the show to, to you know, maintain what we bring you every couple of weeks, but we do have to pay for <laughs> pay for our internet. <laughs> we have to pay for our hosting costs. We have to pay for our website. We have to take pay for equipment that takes a shit every now and again. 
like a, like our headphone adapter. That needs to be replaced. Yeah, that does need to be replaced. That's a fucking piece of shit. Um, but shit happens, and you guys pay for it. So that came out wrong. <laughs> <laughs> shit happens, and you guys help fix it. Yeah. Sure. Um, Taylor, if anybody else wants to help out the show, where can they go? They can go to patreon.com slash podcast. For as little as $1, you can get exclusive content, such as video reviews of movies chosen by the Grave Diggers. more you give, more you get. $5 gets your name on the show. $10 gets you an exclusive t-shirt. $100 gets you a tattoo of a fat unicorn right on my ass. On his keister, if on it were. my posterior. We got to get that done, guys. We need to come together as a community and get a tattoo of a fat unicorn on this man's ass. It's for the greater good. The greater good. Uh, <clears throat> neat. Oh, here's more beef jerky. <laughs> God, you're the worst. I'm not going to do it. I'm not. I'll do it later. When we're talking about something really tense. <laughs> um, yeah. You know what we need to do while we're in LA? We need to find a karaoke bar. Okay. Because... I think out of all of us, we're the only ones that really want to do karaoke. Like uh, our our, uh, our wags and our friends and all that, we're the only ones that like to do karaoke. That's true. Um, so we need, to, we need to make that happen. I'm down. Anyway, um, uh, let's see. We talked about that already. Um, so just on to some horror business, right? Yeah. I guess. I mean, you know, uh, real quick, shout out Great Plot Film Fest, still taking those submissions. So. Uh, oh, great. I guess we didn't talk about that. Sorry. Keep keep them coming. We, we announced our judges and our jury. Uh, if you didn't see that on social media, uh, the jury is obviously going to be us again. Uh, and we're bringing back author Kevin Nesgoda and Robert Bookta from Crypticon to help us narrow it down. And then the judges this year are going to be uh, our, our dear friend, Lisa Oviedo. <laughs> <laughs> Director of Puppet Killer, uh, as well as that movie's producer, Katie Stewart, and producer of They Reach, Jason Connolly. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, we've got some, uh, we've got a, a good handful of um, submissions in already. Um, we're going to get our Indiegogo going. I wish there was a better way to say that. So we're going to start our Indiegogo shortly, like soon. As soon as I get our video in. So many videos piling up. <laughs> yes, you do. Oh, I'm also working on a new episode. I don't know if you guys saw it on uh, Instagram. Really dropped kind of a little, um, little teaser post on Instagram and I guess it went to Facebook. Um, but I am working on another episode of uh, uh, Workshop Reports. So look for that here. Hopefully, hopefully in the next week or so. It's going to really depend on how quickly I can get it edited. Um, to look out for that. Nice. Um, and then I'm, I'm, I've got I've got ideas, so I'm hopefully going to start rolling those out instead of doing like one episode a year. Um, anyway, so uh, starting out in some real world horror. Do you want to like do the music and stuff for, for the horror business? Yeah, yeah. I guess I just realized that I didn't actually do that. Yeah, you so, just tried to jump right into. So it. let's let's do horror business.
Oh, you know something we didn't talk about? We went and saw Ghost the other day. Yeah, we did. That was fucking awesome. That was one of the best shows I've ever been to. Yeah, man. Like, I guess I, I in my head, I thought there'd be more uh, of a, like a stage show. Like, um, like the Aquabats? Kind of, yeah. But, like, dark and evil. Right. There really wasn't. It was basically just kind of like the ambiance. Yeah, just like a very elaborate set. Yeah, like their stage set is awesome. It's like these, um, I mean, they're supposed to look like like concrete or stone steps. And, you know, each of the band members is on like a different tier of the steps. Um, And then in the background, there are like these big cathedral windows. And it looks fucking incredible. and, you know, the whole band themselves, if you guys aren't familiar with them, they're a Swedish band. Um, they're they're kind of satanic in theme, but it's a gimmick. It's, it's a gimmick. It's, <laughs> it's all a gimmick. I was going to say it's, it's not it's – it's like a joke. It's, it's not really a joke. It's just it's a, they're putting on an act. Right. Um, and uh, – yeah, the whole band dresses in all black and they wear these like chrome demon masks. Um, they're all, they don't have like names. They're just known as nameless ghouls. And then the singer, uh, in the past, or they've had three previous singers. They were Papa Emeritus one, two, and three. And the new singer is Cardinal Copia. Um, and uh, they're, you know, all, all the Papas were dressed as like, Kind of like a satanic popes, basically. And Cardinal Copia, he's kind of, I mean, he wears like a, like a hassock some of the time, like a, like a priest yeah. or, or a cardinal. Um, but a lot of time he's just wearing like these really tight suits. <laughs> um, but they look cool. Like all of the suits like looked awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, but it, it's, it's, uh, it's like heavy metal. With a lot of like kind of old, it's like 70s, like early metal, um, like the original wave of British heavy metal, that kind of sound to it. A lot of organ and, and you know, keyboard, um, and kind of a psychedelic sound to it. They're, they're really fucking awesome. Uh, so if you've not heard of them or heard, heard their music, I really strongly recommend checking them out. Yeah, if you get a chance to see them live, it's, it's an experience. It really is, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was. I mean, the tickets weren't super expensive. But, yeah. I mean, it's Ticketmaster, so you're going to basically double the price of the ticket and fees. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but I'd say it was worth it. Oh, for sure. Anyway, hopefully it doesn't take them three years to come back. Yeah. Like it did this time. Anyway, okay. So, starting out with some real world horror, um, you know, there are streaming services popping up left and right. Um, because all of these different companies are like, hey, you know how we increase our profits. We do like everyone else is doing and start a streaming service because everybody's leaving cable. Yeah. And we get our own exclusive shows so everyone will have to get ours. Yeah. And then, you know, eventually it's going to come to a point where somebody's going to be like, hey, what if we packaged up all these different channels and sold them as one? We could call it Cable. cable. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, a new service called Quibi. Quibi? 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 Um, they announced, uh, one of their, uh, flagship shows, I'm guessing, uh, is going to be called Murder House Flip. 
Just a guy named Flip goes around to different murder houses. And murders people. And flips around. <laughs> just does backflips onto people. That's how he got that's how he got the name. When they're not looking, <laughs> he just backflips onto them and murders so. them. Just like ho ho ho. Be like, ah, I'm murdered. <laughs> You're murdering me. <laughs> um let's see. But in actuality, the show uh, is gonna focus on experienced house flippers working in homes where high profile killings have occurred. So, you know, that's not disrespectful or anything. No. It's like 12 years ago, the Thompsons were killed in their home. Don't put that jerky in your mouth. Don't you do it. No. I want it so bad. <laughs> but even you're not lucky. Uh... Yeah, 12 years ago, the Thompsons were murdered in their home. Today, we're bringing in, you know, the Property Brothers. Yeah. It's like, see this wall here with all the blood? We're going to take that right out. We're going to open this up. It'll give you a nice open living space. <laughs> and don't you worry about those blood stains on the carpet because we're going to rip that carpet out. We're going to look at that beautiful wooden floor under there. And we'll just... We'll, we'll throw, throw down a, a nice area rug. It's going to tie the whole place together. We're going to give you those popcorn ceilings so you won't even notice the chunks of brains. Uh, but as you might guess, experienced house flippers will be working in homes where high-profile killings have occurred. Um, aside from the professional renovations being brought on board and the grisly history of the homes being uh, behind... Wait. Grisly history of these homes, homes being explored... Murder House Flip has much more in store for its viewers. Oh, good. Forensic specialists will be called in where, uh, where, the, where there are crimes, there is evidence. And some is much harder to get rid of than others. Is that what we were just saying? Yeah. Let's like, so we'll, we'll like, Oh, uh, man. I hope they call in Jesus' sister. That'd be awesome. <laughs> should let her know. It's like there's a show that's just for you. Um. Uh, hopefully these specialists will have the answers on how to remove those pesky bloodstains from floors. In addition, spiritual healers will be invited in, onto the show in order to ensure no paranormal squatters remain. Because you don't want those pesky ghosts in your brand new home. Yeah. Um, it's going to smell like sage for weeks. Ugh. Sage is one of the worst smells. Like I put it up there with like sandalwood and patchouli. Like those are like awful smells. One time my ex-girlfriend's mom was burning it all around the house and it smelled like fucking death. Awful. Which is ironic. It's supposed to get rid of death. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's dumb. Um so there's that. You're trying to check out the show? Trying to try to pay for Quibi. Oh man, I I don't I, I don't have Quibi, so I guess I just can't watch it. I'm all tapped out as far as streaming services go. I just, I can't I can't see myself subscribing to another. <laughs> Especially not fucking Quibi. Yeah, I don't even know what that Quibi is. I don't know who owns Quibi. Fucking like most most of these streaming services now are all like a network making their own. Yeah, yeah. I mean, NBC's got one coming out now. Peacock. Yeah. Peacock. Yeah. 
possible lock. So, yeah. Sneak dick. Right. And P comes out. So ah, it's peacock. Peacock. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Nobody listens to this. Contrary to popular belief, we're not 12. <laughs> you can see my pubes and I'll prove it to you. <laughs> no one wants to see Um. Just these streaming services are like really fucking getting out of hand because they're, I mean, something like, like Disney plus where it's like, you know, it's Disney and they have all these properties that they own, like really popular properties like Marvel and Star Wars and not to be Yeah. And not to mention all of their, you know, uh, National Geographic and not to mention just their entire catalog. Shinehard wig company. Not to mention the entire catalog of just plain Disney. Um, and so they've got a lot to work with. But then you think of something like NBC, where they've got like, you know, a handful of old sitcoms that, yeah, people will watch the reruns of those. But it's like, you know, you might have people that will like watch the entire run of The Office and then basically start at episode one, right? Like again, but you're not going to get a lot of viewership because. While you may have all these old shows that people watch, they don't necessarily want to watch them again. Yeah, usually the reason you rewatch The Office is because there's nothing else on Netflix. At the right. Moment. And, you know, what do they have going for them? A brand new Saved by the Bell show that focuses on fucking Slater and Jesse. And their kids. I'd rather watch a show about Lisa. So, like, I'm rereading the premise of that, and it was talking about how, like, you know, Governor Zach Morris has to shut down all these low-income schools and he moves all the kids to Bayside. And all I can think, I see you. <laughs> and they're like, oh, all these kids have to go to Bayside now, including Slater and Jesse's kids. And I'm like, so all this is is, base, is is Saved by the Bell, the new class. But one of the kids happens to be the child of two of the original cast members. Yeah, and so you're basically putting a bunch of poor kids in the same school as rich kids or, you know, well-to-do kids. And I'm pretty sure that's what they did on Riverdale. <laughs> Except it was more dramatic and, you know, probably more interesting. But I think one clear message comes from the creation of this show. Zach Morris is trash. trash. Facts. How did... Uh, never mind. Like, how did he get elected governor? But, I mean, look at president. Right. Anyway. Quibi, coming at you. So we've talked a hundred times about Ghostbusters 2020, which is that the official title? I sure as fuck hope not. Like Ghostbusters 3, how hard is it? It's not, it's not hard at all. Uh, we've been speculating on whether or not the cast members from the original will return. We know Sigourney Weaver is returning. Uh, we know Hail Dreamers is not, unfortunately. Uh, R.I.P. My love. We do now know that Dan Aykroyd will be returning because in an appearance on the Joe Rogan podcast, he said, we've got the Ghostbusters movie that we're working on now, and I will have to be performing in that. Have to. We'll have to. Uh, 
Um, he also said that, quote, most of the original people from the first movie will be in the new one. When they asked him about Bill Murray, which is the question on everyone's lips, he said, we're hoping. Yeah, I mean, so, no. <laughs> if you really think about it, he's the only person from the original that everybody wants. Yeah. Like, nobody. And he's the one that everyone is pretty sure will not be. Right. Like, he was the big question mark for the remake. Mm -hmm. He finally caved and did it, but he was the big question mark for the longest time. Yeah. Because Bill Murray just does whatever Bill Murray wants. Yeah. Bill Murray, gonna be Bill Murray. You guys see Bill Murray drunk off his ass after the World Series? No. Oh my God, it was so good. He tried to get in the MVP guy's car because they like <laughs> give the MVP a car and it was out on the field. And he was like trying to get in it. <laughs> oh, Bill. Dude, he's been waiting 108 years for the Cubs to win the, the World Series. Yeah, he's as well. Bill Murray is eternal. <laughs> uh, but we do know another cast member that we were returning is Winston Zedmore himself, Ernie Hudson. He recently did a cameo message to a fan for their birthday. And he's wearing his jumpsuit. In his full Ghostbusters jumpsuit. Oh, Ernie. He said, we're shooting the new Ghostbusters right now, coming out next summer. So I'm hoping that you'll enjoy it as much as the other movies that we've done. I know that I'm having a blast doing them. Happy birthday, Carol. Or whatever it is. <laughs> whatever the fuck your name is. <laughs> yeah, that, that's all a quote. This is that whole thing. Including the whatever your name is. Taylor got a, got a cameo from his favorite person in the world. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> What's up, Taylor Fab? I still have that on my phone somewhere. I still have it saving Google Drive. <laughs> so good. <laughs> He said, like, say, stay fucking Charlie or whatever the fuck you said. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> but I'm going to do it. He puffed a fat cloud in between. So. <laughs> oh, <but laughs> he just blew that fat cloud and, like, completely obscured his face and then just suddenly popped out from behind <laughs> it. Like a fucking cartoon character. <laughs> uh, oh, it was perfect. It was like, like Bates. It's everything I could have asked for. It was everything I asked for. <laughs> Literally. Also, on the same topic, Ivan Reitman, who directed the original and his son Jason is directing the new one, uh, he explained Paul Rudd's character a little bit, calling him a seismologist who's come to this small town because they've been having mysterious earthquakes. He's also teaching summer school there, and he's extraordinarily funny. Uh, duh. He's fucking Paul Rudd. Have you seen Paul Rudd? He's, he's America's sweetheart, is what he is. I just love that he's like, yeah, he's a scientist who's incredibly smart, and they call him in to solve these giant emergencies. <laughs> Those are really fucking funny. <laughs> okay, yeah, I know a lot of really funny scientists. Do you think, uh, do you think Ivan Reitman and John Landis are your friends? And Ivan Reitman's just like, hey, John, my, my boy's uh, directing the sequel to my, my famous movie. How's yours doing? <laughs> like, well, not so good, Ivan. You know what, Ivan? Don't call me anymore. <laughs> Fuck you, Ivan. <laughs> you eat shit, you hunchback freak. Uh, Ghostbusters 2020, or whatever they end up calling it, is scheduled to hit theaters July 10th, 2020. So it's not just a clever name. <laughs> you think the 2020 is the year? No, it's like perfect vision. 
they're like, oh, it's 2020 Vision. This is the movie we should have made three years ago. <laughs> was it three years? Uh, whatever, two, whatever two, years it was. Too long. So Danny Trejo, who's ready to get up and going and pick up his ma- ma- uh, machetes again. Yeah, he, he's he's champing at the bit. Um, so, you know, when they made Machete and they said Machete will be back in Machete Kills, everybody was like, ha, 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 ha. but then they actually made Machete Kills. Because it's like a grindhouse movie, and that's a ridiculous title that a grindhouse movie would have. Yeah. And then at the end of Machete Kills, said so Machete will be back in Machete Kills again. Dot dot dot. In space. Because we went to the moon or some shit. Yeah. Uh. Um. Well, you know, because of Machete Kills' existence, we all have been kind of expecting <laughs> that would happen eventually. But now Danny Trejo is like almost 80 fucking years old. Um, and they're just kind of like, okay, well, that's probably not going to happen then. And, you know, Robert Rodriguez is off directing CGI movies. Um, but uh, Danny Trejo's fucking sick of waiting because he's not getting any younger. Aren't we all? Uh, he was talking with uh, Sci-Fi Wire and he said Machete Kills Again in Space is being bogged down by bullshit. Yeah, he's right. Um, he says, uh, I might just produce it and direct it if uh, if Rodriguez doesn't get off his buns. Did he say buns? That doesn't seem like trail. No, it doesn't. Everybody wants us. I mean, everybody in the world. That's bold. Yeah. <laughs> I've been asked that all over the world. Hey, are you going to do Machete in Space? Who knows? It was the biggest thing in the world for a while. I mean, you got... <laughs> At what point was Machete the biggest thing in the world? Um, never. It was never the biggest thing in the world, um, except maybe like in Danny's like family of friends. <laughs> um, it was it was awesome though. Yeah, no, don't get me wrong. I love it, but it was never at any point the biggest thing in the world. It's like I will be excited to see Danny Trejo in anything. Like it, it could be him. Fucking painting a wall in his house and I'll fucking watch it. <laughs> but yeah, I don't I think he's uh overestimating how popular the machete movies were. Um let's see, because uh, who knows? It was the biggest thing in the world for a while. I mean, you got endless movies doing number six, number seven, number eight. Oh, okay, I get it. Other movies doing that. Yeah, got it. Uh and Machete had a great story to it. You know what I mean? I might try to figure out how to do that myself. Okay. Again, I have to re- reiterate, he is in his late 70s. Yeah. Correct? I believe so. Um, let's see. 75. Uh, okay, so mid-70s. mid-70s. Regardless, 70s. Uh, Trejo said that he has some great ideas for Machete Kills again in space and is currently working on the script. Good for him. Has he written anything before? But, you know, he's keeping busy, and that's what's important. 
<laughs> That's what senior citizens need. <laughs> they just need a hobby. <laughs> no, he has never written anything. Wow. Well, there's a first time for everything. You're never too old to learn a new skill, is what they say. We do say that. Um, maybe we'll ask him when we go to Trey Hill's Tacos next month. And get some fucking tacos. I love that he has two soundtrack credits, one of which is Muppets Most Wanted. <laughs> so, are you hype on Machete Kills Again in space? He has appeared, he has 387 IMDb credits. So many. Just as an actor. <laughs> I know he was in uh, The Flash a handful of times. He played uh, Barry's friend's girlfriend's dad. Yeah, he was a uh, he was a bounty hunter from another dimension. Sounds right. Yeah, <laughs> that tracks. And I then, mean, you know, I, I I would like to be hyped, but I I have no faith in this being made. No. Yeah, this is until I see something like uh, like moving in production, then this is all just hot air. Yeah. Like we get like casting update, Machete kills again. Casts Danny Trejo as Machete. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Scrape the skin with my fingertips. The brush of dead cold flesh appeased to me. Provoking images, delicate features, so smooth. A pleasant fragrance in the light of the moon. So. At some point, I don't remember exactly, but we talked about uh, the whole Texas Chainsaw Massacre thing, with the rights being all messed up, and Legendary was going to be swooping in. We did? Yeah, we did. Okay. Legendary was swooping in and getting the rights. And apparently, as of now, that deal has finally closed. So Legendary owns the Texas Chainsaw Massacre rights. Hey, Cunningham Miller, you see how easy that is? <laughs> uh, and apparently... They are now working on a new Texas check, tech, tech, tech. Texas checks mix. Yeah. Texas checks mix massacre. Texas Chainsaw Massacre film, uh, of course, from Legendary, as well as Kim Henkel, writer and producer of the original film. Mm. Uh, he also directed Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Next Generation. Okay. Probably doesn't lead with that. Probably not. Although, that's like Halloween 3, where a lot of people like it. Um, not for any real good reason, they just do. Because it's entertaining, I guess. I mean, it's not, it's not like actually entertaining, but they say it's entertaining. No, it is, though. But it's, it's not. But it's not, though. I mean, except for all the parts that are. You said if you take out all the parts that are entertaining, then yeah, it's not very entertaining. I think we'll just agree that it's not. I don't agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying anything about my lawyer. Uh, now, what's interesting is that they have attached Fide Alvarez to produce. Oh. oh. No? Because he's not directing. So he's oh, well, yeah. Producing means nothing to me. Oh, <laughs> See, oh, this person's giving money to it. Oh, neat. I don't care. I mean, I like Fide Alvarez. I mean, you know, Evil Dead. Obviously incredible. Don't breathe was really good. Um, he's done some producing other things that are good. I can't remember what they were. Top of my head. 
He's got a lot of good things going for him, um, but I really just want him to do Evil Dead 2, like he said he was going to. He's probably not going to, but until then, I just, it was just like non-existent to me. I do appreciate that he was like, you know, I went back and I thought about Don't Breathe 2 again, and I went, that doesn't make any sense. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm like, thank you. Because some other people would be like, you know, I don't want to do it. They offered me like a lot of money, like a lot. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and make that movie. Probably going to be bad, but you know, fuck it. I'm getting paid. <laughs> getting paid, getting laid. This is your problem, not my problem. <laughs> yeah, as soon as they said, oh, we're working on coming up with ideas for uh, Don't Breathe 2, it's like, what? Is a blind guy going to chase her across the country? Is that what's <laughs> going on? No, there are no ideas for this. No, this is just, it's fine. It's over. Yeah. Not everything needs to be a franchise. Right. But Evil Dead. Should be. That should be a Always. Uh, they specifically said this is not meant as a directing vehicle for Alvarez. He is currently seeking a filmmaker to attach to the project. But why? Is Alvarez making a Texas Chainsaw Master movie? Fucking dope. That'd be sick. Ugh. Um, the hope is to make a direct sequel to Toby Hooper's 1974 film. Because Blumhouse did it. It. Remember when they did that before? They made a direct sequel to the 1974 films called Texas Chainsaw 3D. Had Alexander Dario's boobs in it. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. It's a terrible movie. It wasn't that bad. It's okay. It's not terrible, but it's not very good. I, like people like just swear by Texas Chainsaw Massacre, saying it's like one of the most terrifying movies ever made. It's really not. It's actually a giant pile of shit. It's not a good movie in any way. <laughs> like, it's it's bad acting, it's bad filming, and all of it is just absolute shit. What makes it stand out is that it was new. Like, it was something that never had been done before. That's really all I had ever going for it. Like, all the sequels were it actually... Well, not all the sequels. Okay, like, almost none of the sequels. <laughs> Those were... Like the like uh, I don't know. <laughs> Point is, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is gone off the rails. I have. Uh, it's not as good as people think it is, and I stand by that. Fucking fight me, I'll take my shirt off and we'll go. I just like would like to say that the oh fuck you. The preceding thoughts and opinions do not necessarily reflect those of the Great Pop Podcast. Hey, I make no apologies. I got hot takes for days, but. Uh, point is, Texas Chainsaw 3D was not that bad. It wasn't. It was a dumb premise, but it was a good movie. Like, <laughs> Where she inherited Leatherface. Yeah, it was, it was, that was stupid. But, I mean, the acting wasn't bad, which is, you know, something it definitely had up on the, on the, uh, on the original. Um, but the, the, uh, the, the movie itself, like the, the, the filmmaking was, was better. I mean, Granted, it had 40-plus years of technology on its side, but that's beside the point. No, the point was that they already made a sequel to the first one. That was all I was really doing. That you went on Rampage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Start taking your shirt off and going crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I mean, like, Texas Chainsaw 2 and 3 and there's a fourth one too, right? I think so. 
Yeah, and then 3D, they just kind of gradually got more and more dumb. And, like, you, if you want a fucked up timeline, Texas Chainsaw franchise timeline is just, it's it's out of control. Boy, howdy. Uh, Leatherface's name, just as an example, has changed at least twice. <laughs> oh, and then they made uh, Texas Chainsaw the beginning. Or no, it was just called Leatherface. Yeah, there was the one called The Beginning. Then there was Leatherface. Yeah, the beginning was like it was the prequel to the remake. What's the remake? Yes. Okay. But yeah, then Leatherface is a prequel. Prequel seventy four. Yeah. Yeah. Never saw it, did you? No. I heard mixed things. Yeah. But nothing really in the middle. People are either like, "That's really bad," or "Or that's really good." Like, I didn't see a lot of people saying it's just fine. I'm kind of worried to watch it because if I hate it. And then what if I see Seth at CryptoCon again? <laughs> I'd be like, oh, I watched Leatherface. What do you think? All right, bye. <laughs> we just punch him in the face and run away. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. This is what they're going to do. Apparently, they're going to try and retcon the whole franchise, just like Halloween. I don't know that it's necessarily that big a loss. It's just, <laughs> well, yeah, it's just dumb. People like love Texas Chainsaw too. I don't get it at all. That's like a big like, like part two. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dennis Hopper. Sure. Yeah. Whatever. Dennis Hopper. Great. Yeah. Fucking legend. See, he was in. Put some respect on his name. Man. He was in Super Mario Brothers too, and he. Yeah. People fucking that hate that movie. What? Why? That movie's great. I don't know. It's it's an amazing movie, but people hate it. It's so bad that it's awesome. I mean, yeah. Like John Leguizamo playing Italian. What the hell is that? <laughs> but that's, that's beside the point. Neither here nor there. Um, and Goob was just a guy. He was just a guy. Yeah, that whole evolution thing. That was dumb. For some reason, the Goombas were huge with tiny heads. Right. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, that's Texas Chainsaw. Yay. So, I mean, Halloween and Texas Chainsaw, they managed to get their shit together <laughs> and make some kind of sequel, competent sequel. Well, actually, we don't know about Texas Chainsaw yet. That could be total shit. But the point is that they're working on it. It's also, Nightmare on Elm Street's rights just reverted back to West Craven State. Right. Which means they probably never happened. Nothing ever happened. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> For everyone that's like, oh my god, I want another Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm like, but did you see the last one? <laughs> if they wanted to do Freddy versus Jason versus Ash, that's never going to happen. No, it's no, never, it's never going to happen. You want to talk about a rights nightmare. Oh, well, yeah. But if that were to happen, I'd be fine. It's like, okay, yeah, we'll let them make that. Then you've got all these people like, what if Blumhouse buys everything? Then we could have Freddy versus Jason versus Michael versus Leatherface. Fatal Four-Way. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want that. I don't want any of that. It's like, you know who's going to win? It's going to be either Freddy or Jason. And who's going to lose? The fans. <laughs> People who have to watch that. Yeah. yeah. 
It's gonna be like the, like how do you make that movie? It's just like four guys just chopping each other for two hours. Yeah, it's gonna be like the the Avengers, but a total shit show. Yeah. <laughs> because like you know like all the people that Marvel and Disney hires are like competent filmmakers, and like most of the people that make like all, all those uh, like popular slasher movies are usually not. They're usually like music video directors. Yeah. Who like don't give a shit about it. The franchise. Anyway, point is that while the rights to the Friday the 13th franchise continue to be a fucking nightmare because apparently Victor Miller and Sean Cunningham can't be grown-ups, the fans have taken the wheel and have started making their own films. Namely, was uh, two years ago, uh, Vincent DeSanti made Never Hike Alone as part of his, uh, or under his Womp Stomp Films brand. Um, and it was, it was awesome. It was, it was great. It was like a total um, faithful take on, you know, the Friday 13th legacy. Um, and ever since it came out, a lot of people have been hoping and, and praying for a sequel. Um, and he always kind of gave the impression that he was going to make one, but he never really said anything consider confirmation well uh recently they launched an indiegogo campaign to make never hike alone two or actually two through four four five right four four only three okay well they're making sequels that's the point well there's gonna be five total but like one of them i guess is not Keep reading. We'll we'll get there. You'll see what I'm talking about. Beginning in early winter of 2020, uh, Womp Stomp Films will release four additional entries in the Never Hike Alone web series, kicking things off with a winter set prequel. That's neat. That is neat. (laughs) What a novel fucking idea. It's like, hey, Jason in the snow, something that people have been praying for for decades now. Maybe not, though. I mean, the, re- the remake came out in 2009, and even then people were like, hey, well, how about Jason in the Snow? And then the guys who made it were like, hey, we want to make Jason in the Snow. And uh, Universal or whoever was like, no! <laughs> no! And they went, I sure would like to. They're like, what if we made our found footage film? Yeah. Yeah, and we hired a bunch of other people, and they went, I don't want to do this. <laughs> and so now yeah. Except LeBron. Um, <clears throat> never hike in the snow. It's like LeBron's like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a Space Jam too. And then we'll make a new Friday the Thirteenth. And I'm like, stop messing with the things I love. <laughs> never hike in the snow. Uh, or yeah, never hike in the snow is set three months prior to the events of Never Hike Alone. And follows the strange disappearance of Mark Hill, Crystal Lake local who went for a hike one day in the dead of winter and never came home. How about that? Sounds like Mark Hill's dead. He's probably dead, but we're going to find out why. Uh, director, he's probably, probably Jason. Director Vincent DeSandy, or I don't know if it's Vincent or Vincente. It looks like Vincente. I feel like when Depends I. Depends on how Italian he wants to say. <laughs> I feel like when I've heard him talk, he said Vincent, but I might be remembering that. 
I mean, it could be Vincente. It's not Vincente. It could be. It's Machete. <laughs> um, uh, he said, uh, we thought it could be fun to kick things off by answering Friday the 13th fans called to see Jason, a Jason story set in the snow. See, this is why this works so well, because you got fans making movies for fans. Instead of fans want to see. Instead of some fucking dumb shit writer that the studio hired because they're like, hey, you made that award-winning movie last year that everybody loved and it made millions and millions of dollars. You may not know anything about Jason or horror, but you should write this movie anyway. And he said, where's my check? Ben's like, give me money. And they said, okay. And he said, okay. It's like, fuck you, pay me. And they did. <laughs> they did. That's so how he wrote a movie with Saw probably. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, in the months following Never Hike in the Snow, production will begin on three additional entries. Never Hike Alone 2, Never Hike Again. See, how's how that part two? What's, what's in the snow? It's a prequel. Okay, so it's like Never Hike Alone 0. Sure, yeah. Okay. If that helps you. <laughs> Whatever gets you through the day, bud. Um, uh, so never hike alone two colon never hike again never hike alone three colon Jason takes Crystal Lake uh, and never hike alone four colon the final hike that's not a good name <laughs> that's a bad one that's a bad one right there um, but nevertheless each entry will continue where the previous left off and feature a slew of horrifying kills at the hands of Jason Voorhees that was something that was kind of missing from Never Hike Alone, uh, because it was just Jason and another guy. Mm-hmm. Well, until the very end. Um, I won't spoil that for people haven't seen it. But um, yeah, for most he of goes the, to a rave. Yeah, gets set on fire. Yeah, and then it's yeah the rest of the movie, Freddy versus Jason. They just I think of, I watched the wrong thing. They just phoned it in. <laughs> There's like, hey, so this is like half of our movie here. But then it picks up where this other movie was. So you, you get it. Um, uh, Maybe they won't notice. <laughs> but yeah, Never Hike Alone. It basically it had a lot of like creepy Jason stalking, which was fine and was awesome. Um, but there wasn't a lot of blood and guts, mm. which is something that you really want from your Friday Thirteenth. Yeah. Uh. I tell you, I watched Friday the 13th Vengeance the other day, and there was no shortage of that. Lots of blood and guts. Yeah. Nice. Um, let's see. Uh, rather than attempting to fund and produce an entire feature, we decided to break the acts into episodes that will range for 20 to 30 minutes, each, feeding, each featuring its own crowdfunding, crowdfunding campaign and self-contained budget. That's a pretty solid idea. Um, in theory, because I mean, you got to rely on people being willing to continually donate to you. Yeah. Um, you know, if you just said, Hey, we're going to make these four episodes, um, you know, give us money. People might give you money based on the fact that you're making four episodes, but on that same note, you may not get all the money that you need. But similarly, if you break it out into four, you may get people that already donated to the first one. Right. So, and like, what if one of them sucks? Right. <laughs> oh, fuck that. I won't do that again. Uh, Andrew Lady is set to, ret- set to return as a venture, as a venture bot. Yeah. Fuck. 
as adventure vlogger Kyle McLeod, and will be joined by a talented cast of Friday the 13th alumni, including Tom Matthews, who was Tommy Jarvis in Friday the 13th Part 6. Spoiler alert, he's also in Never Like Alone. Okay. Um, Vinny Gustafero, or Gustafero, um, who was Sheriff Rick Cologne in Friday the 13th Part 6. And Douglas Tate, who played Jason Voorhees in Freddy vs. Jason. Well, he was like this stuck double. I guess that lot of characters here was Jason. Yeah. Um, it was, or I think he was, he was the guy that was originally set to play Jason. And then I think they replaced him with Ken Kersinger. And then when they needed to do reshoots of the end of the movie, Kersinger wasn't available. And so they brought him back to do those reshoots. See? Yeah, I think that's right. Anyway, uh, each will play a critical role in the saga. So that is neat. That is neat. Um, the Indiegogo campaign for uh, Never Hike in the Snow is currently going. Um, it's www.indiegogo.com slash project slash Never Hike Alone, Never Hike in the Snow. Dash, pound sign. Uh, and there is a hyphen in between each word. Um, I assume we'll probably put it in the show notes as well. I will, yeah. So yeah, check that out. Currently, they are like as of this recording, they are at twenty one thousand five hundred dollars of a fifty thousand dollars. Seems high, fifty thousand for for just one of those. I think hike, never hiking the snow is a feature. It's the other three that are twenty to thirty minutes. Is it like a full length feature? That's the impression I got. Because never hiking the never hike alone was like forty five minutes or something. Well, oh, maybe not then. I mean, it was definitely not really a short, but I don't know that I'd call it a feature. Anyway, uh, but yeah, uh, if you have not seen Never Hike Alone, I would recommend that you uh, track it down and check it out because it's really fucking awesome. And if you like what you see, and I'm sure you will, then uh, go help these guys out and get the next chapter made. What is it? Speaking of chapters, last episode you may have heard our review of It Chapter 2. Do you like how I set you up to that in a chapter thing? Yeah, yeah you totally did it on purpose. No, I'll get it. I did it. Now he's got cookies in his mouth, by the way. It's Chips Ahoy. They're good. Chips Ahoy are cookies. Yeah, they're the cookie. Yeah, I you. <laughs> well, I mean, anybody who saw It Chapter 2, you know, they, they kind of wrapped things up nicely. Kind of like how they did in the book. Yeah, but in a crazy attempt to make more money, Andy Muschietti is already talking about making a third one. Just when I was starting to like him. While speaking with io9, Muschietti said the key to making more it is to dig into the mythology that King created in the novel. He said mythology is something that is always something that always has the opportunities to explore. It has been on Earth for millions of years. He's been in contact with humans for hundreds of years, every 27 years. 
So you can imagine the amount of material. It's always exciting to think of eventually exploring his mythology. It's not every choice of years. He loves his life. I can guarantee you King is like, you know, I always thought about making another addition to it. He didn't. <laughs> no, I always thought about making more money. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, just keep in mind everything that Scar's, or that Moschetti uh, just said about how building on the book and mythology and book and book. Meanwhile, Pennywise himself, Bill Skarsgård, told Entertainment Weekly, there was this interesting aspect of going back in time before all this happened. There might be a story there that might be worth exploring. Obviously, that would be a story that's not in the book. It would be a freestanding story, but obviously within the same universe. So there might be something interesting out of it. I think it would be fun. Maybe with that face. That was, that was awful. I, I can't. I don't Oh, I can't make that face. Yeah, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. You shouldn't do that face. No, no one should do that face except for Bill Skarsgård. Right. Are you Bill Skarsgård? No, no, you're not, not Bill Skarsgård. <laughs> Nor Scott Bale, Bill Skarsgård. Frank Gifford. He is not Bill Skarsgård. Uh, expounding on that, Skarsgård also talked to Arrow, Arrow in the Heads, Eric Walkuski, and he said, "Andy and I have discussed ideas for what a third movie would look like. I don't think it's quite what people expect. It's something different." The first two stories are the book, and the second film is the end of that story. So we would do something quite literally off book. There are a few ideas floating around. Uh, floating. Right? I feel like I've done what I can with the incarnation of Pennywise as we know of him. So I think it would be a cool idea to change up a few things. So without going into too much detail, there is a story that we're kind of excited about, but it's way too early to say. We'll see. Hey, you probably should we'll do that see. because the the Visage of Pennywise didn't even exist until uh, Yeah. Because <laughs> he's he's probably uh taking the form of something else before that. Yeah. So yeah, I just like how Muschetti is like, yeah, we, we you know we're gonna dig into the book and find some more stuff in the book to, to make a movie out of. And Scar's guy's like, yeah, we're gonna do our own thing. Fuck the book. <laughs> I mean, yeah. If you're gonna, if you're gonna make another it movie, uh, you'd have to take it out of the book because they literally covered the entire book in the movies. There's no more story to tell. <laughs> like, there are parts of the book that they didn't cover, but like, they'd basically be retelling the same story with the parts that they didn't mention. It's like, hey. Here's what Henry Bowers wasn't was doing when he wasn't around the Losers Club. Okay, exactly. That's all there was. Okay, that's all there would be. And there's like other side stories that they didn't talk about, but in the book they're mentioned over like the course of like a chapter. They can talk about like what the Losers Club was doing for 20 years, like hanging out, partying, college, nothing interesting. I don't know. Like yeah. Bill wrote a book. Yeah. Like a show Bill write a book. Yeah. Sitting <laughs> at the table typing for three hours. <laughs> and done. Yeah. Credits. Wait, did I just watch James McAvoy type for three hours? 
And all the women in the theater are like, oh my God, it's the best movie ever. I gotta cool down. Learning to be loving James McAvoy. I mean, who doesn't? I can't blame him. He's, a, he's quite the good looking guy. Yes, he is. Did you ever see. Did, did you even see Split? No. No? Okay. Well, in Split and uh, in, in Glass, man, the cat's fucking jacked. It's weird. Because, <laughs> like, you think of him in. Uh, well, let's take, like, X Men, where he's just kind of, you know. Nothing really all that much to talk about. He's just kind of a normal size guy. He's in a chair. Well, sure, but he wasn't always in a chair. Oh. <laughs> but any movie that he's been in prior to those, he's just kind of like a normal sized guy, he's an average body type. But and then in split and glass, he's just like <laughs> he's shaped like a fucking tank. No, he's not shaped like a tank. That's that was a dumb thing to say. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. Never mind. All right. I'm just talking in a circle. So look for it three coming uh, 2022, let's say. Yeah, I mean, why not? Because they're probably going to do it. Yeah. The first two made so many monies. They made all the money. And the studio's going to be like, you know you know what's cool? Money. money. <laughs> so you know, you know what would be even more cool? More money. Yeah. Like, you know what we can do? We can make another hit movie, and we can make more money. And they're like, but we already told that entire story. It's like, no, no, no. We make our own story. And then we make our own money. <laughs> you want money, don't you, Andy? <laughs> you think, um, you think studio executives are as big as assholes as we make them out to be? Bigger. Bigger. <laughs> Do you think they talk like we, we, we make them sound? No. no. They probably yell a lot. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I'm just thinking of Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. he's the biggest asshole. He's all the assholes combined. Yeah. He's supreme asshole. <laughs> I am Weinstein, Lord of the Assholes. <laughs> All right, that's it for our business. Hey, so it is. All right, guys. So we uh, watched a couple movies, yep. as we are known to do. Yep. And so we're going to talk about them right now. So I want to start out by saying, sorry, I forgot to do the thing again. Like I looked at the thing and it was going up and down. So I figured it was okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it probably picked it up. It's probably just going to sound like shit though. Of course it's going to sound like shit. Yeah. This will be sound. This will sound fine. Six years, Tony. Six years. It's about that. It takes me about that long to just start fucking things up. Yeah, like we, we had a good run. Did we? Yeah, and then you just started stopping doing it. <laughs> you just started forgetting in your old age. Yeah, I am getting old. And my memory is starting to go. 
God damn you. You're the, the literal worst. But hey, guys, this sounds all right. We're, we're back on track. My glasses fogged up. That was weird. From the shame. 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 Uh, <clears throat> yep. So, movie reviews. Yep. You know how we do. We got two movies to talk about. If I was still doing titles for our episodes, I'd call this one Hell Yeah. All right. Because both movies have like hell and devil and stuff. Yeah, I mean, sure. <laughs> yeah, I got it. <laughs> but we don't do titles. No. We did for a while, but then it was just like getting harder and harder to come up with creative ones. And Yeah, especially when the movies had nothing to do with each other. Right. It's just like, hey, this is, um, you know, fucking rabbits and uh, serial killers. Well, then I would call it Trickster for Kids. Because <laughs> rabbit cereal. Tricks Bunny. <sighs> anyway, so Taylor, which one of the two would you like to start with? Let's start with Satanic Panic. Took this job for the tips. In four hours, my total earnings are an expired Applebee's coupon. A sweater that smells like racism. It's exactly oh, your size. Oh. Deliver for meal basin. It's outside our zone. I'll do it. Are you ready to make an investment in your future? Yes! Are you ready to take back what you are owed? Yes! Are you ready to fully commit yourself to Satan? Yes! Who are you? I'm the pizza guy, a girl. Are you by any chance a virgin? That's a very personal question. She's a virgin. Whose power unlocks our true potential? Hail Satan! Do you have any idea what's happening here tonight? Hail Satan! They are summoning Baphomet, the big demon from hell. And when that clock strikes 12, he is going to rip you open. Where's my virgin? I don't know what's happening. My mom and her butt buddies are booty calling Baphomet. And they're not going to stop until you're strapped to a barbed wire altar. That's bonkers. Any idea why the rich stay rich? And you stay screwed? Better health care. They are stronger than us. No virgin, no sacrifice. Let me protect you. Oh, who are you people? Death to the weak, wealth to the strong. Hail Satan! Stop drinking. You really want to face this over? Get that mean lady! I'm sorry! All right, so this is what? The title's cute because it rhymes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is a brand new a uh, comedy horror, which is how it is defined. Yep. Not even horror comedy. Comedy horror. Just... Uh... Yeah, it's mostly comedy. It's silly. It's a silly thing. Yeah. Uh, written by, uh, well, story by Grady Hendrix and Ted Geegan. Is that how it's pronounced? I think so. It's just a lot of letters for such a short name. Geo Hagen. But it's not, there's fucking three G's in the name. I don't, I don't know what's happening. I don't know. We should find an interview where he says his name. That's what I do when I don't know how to people say people's names. 
Uh, directed by Chelsea Stardust, who is Jason Blum's former assistant, who he completely forgot about when he said, women don't direct horror. Yeah, that sounds like him. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's awful. He is <laughs> the worst. Except for me. I'm, I'm, I'm kind you, of the worst. You are just slightly below Jason Blum. <laughs> Tommy Blum. <laughs> Anyways, okay. So, uh, this movie's about a... Uh, it's a thing... Can I finish? Can I finish? should mention, this is a Fangoria production. Hmm. That's a new thing. It is a new thing. Especially because, like, a year ago... Fangoria didn't exist. Fangoria was gone. <laughs> I remember when they announced they weren't going to be publishing anymore. I was like, oh, man. that stinks yeah anyway apparently the guy guess i'll continue living (laughs) apparently the guy that ran it before was a complete dickhead oh well fuck him then yeah you just this fucking legacy magazine just ran into the ground well it's back and it's making movies now yeah making movies writing songs just and sailing around the world Fighting around the world, or fighting around the world. Sorry. Oh my god, it's Russell Crowe. <laughs> Anyways, this movie is about Sam. Uh, <laughs> you shut up, you tit. <laughs> Sam has just started her new job at Home Run Pizza, delivering pizzas on her little Vespa. Yep, yep. She works with AJ Bowen. Yeah. And uh, a guy named Kareem, who who's he played by? I recognize this guy. I think he's a stand-up comic. He's not listed here. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's a stand-up comic. But so basically, she's having a terrible first day. The boss tells her, you know, hey, you got to pay me five bucks deposit. For the bag. The thermal bag. Yeah, the pizza bag. And she's like, but if I give you my last $5, I can't, I won't have gas to go deliver the pizza. And he's basically like, oh, well, tough tits. I don't know what to tell you. Like, give me $5 or I'll kill you. That's aggressive. <laughs> Sometimes as a business owner, you have to be aggressive. Be aggressive. That's true. <laughs> So she goes and she delivers all these pizzas and everybody stiffs her. One guy is at like a frat house. And he's like, hey, can you help me move this couch? She's like, no. <laughs> right? No. <laughs> no. But the guy's like, oh, uh-oh. I lost it. I can still hear you. The guy. No. There we go. <clears throat> The guy's like, oh, what's your name? And she says, Sam. And he goes, oh, me too. And so you you have to help me. It's the rule of the Sams or the law of the Sams. Uh, Yeah, I don't know, law, rule. It's it's all the same thing. Yeah. And so, yeah, she just, you know, keeps delivering these pizzas and everybody keeps stiffing her on the tip. And so the boss says, hey, I need somebody to go to Mill Basin, which is like the, the rich neighborhood. And so even though 
AJ Bowen says, Hey, that's, that's out of our jurisdiction. She's like, I'll do it. Cause I, I need the money. And she needs to get away from, uh, AJ Bowen, who is making very inappropriate passes at her. Yeah. He's got a very creepy mustache. Yeah. And he's just like, you know, he's like being, uh, forceful in a way that would make you probably call the cops. Yeah. Maybe not call the cops. That's, that's extreme. Yeah, but you'd keep an eye on it. Yeah. Maybe tell your boss. And you'd be like, no means no. That that whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> but then <laughs> this guy, Kareem, he's like, oh, man, one time I had to deliver to Mill Basin, and I went inside, and everybody was fucking. There was men and women and dogs and frogs, and so I got in there, and I was like, ribbit. <laughs> <laughs> he fucked a frog, is that's, what he's saying. That's the, uh, that's the illusion that was made. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> but so she goes out to Mill Basin. She delivers these five pizzas. The guy puts a big fat zero right in the tip column. And so this this is it for her. She says she's had enough. So she starts pounding on the door and she's like, hey, mister, I think you forgot to tip. She's like, Give me my five dollars. <laughs> I want my two dollars. Tries to right away. She's out of gas, of course, because she left. She gave her five dollars to the boss. Yeah. So she decides to break into the house. As you do. <laughs> sure. Uh, there she is greeted by this group of people, most of them in like red robes, led by Rebecca Romaine Stamos O'Connell. Just all the names. Yeah. And uh, there's talking about, you know, hailing Satan and how they're going to do the sacrifice and all this. And they find out that Sam is a virgin, so you know she's fucked. Yeah, not like not she has fucked because she's a virgin. She hasn't fucked, but now she is fucked. Yeah, she is currently fucked. Yeah, uh, yeah, because they find or so they had a virgin set up, but then they found out that, that virgin fucked. Was, was, yeah, was, was fucked. She she was fucked. <laughs> she did. Yeah, she did, she, she did, did the fuck. fucking. <laughs> So, yeah, luckily, Satan, you know, brought forth and dropped Sam in their, into their their sl- sweaty hands. Yeah, they're trying to summon Baphomet. Mm-hmm. Which I've always heard Baphomet. See, I've always heard Baphomet. Really? So I don't know where you hear things except France. France? I mean, that, that sounds very French. Baphomet. Sure, yeah. Put a little, uh, little English on it. Yeah. <laughs> Or French, as, or French, as it were, as, as this case would. Uh, so they like knock her out, drug her or something. She wakes up next to Jerry O'Connell, the fat kid from Stand by Me. Yep, and he's just like, "Oh man, you're a virgin. You're gonna die. <laughs> you are fucked." And so then she turns around, and he's in his underwear. He's in his tidy whities and he's like, "We got a bang. Like it's <laughs> the only chance you have." He's like, "I have to fuck you to save you." <laughs> And she's like, no, <laughs> right? No. Like, I don't think I should let this happen. <laughs> uh, but he he pulls out a gun and he's like, nope, we're, we're going to do this. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's like, yeah, I get that he's trying to save her, but coming off a little bit rapey there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's also trying to save the world. True. It's not just her. I feel like you could have done a better job of explaining that. <laughs> sure. 
but no, he has to just Jerry O'Connell all over, all over the place. <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't know. Like the only thing, like you know, like Jerry O'Connell just has this way about him where he's just he's just very Jerry O'Connell. Especially when Charlie gets in the picture, and then him and Charlie just they O'Connell all over the place. They just give you the the DOC. <laughs> The double O'Connell. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean. I know you know. But anyways, in the uh, ensuing scuffle, he shoots himself. In the neck? Yeah. Uh, she manages to escape. I don't remember how she escaped at that point, but... I think she just got out through the, the doors, or the glass doors. Yeah, so then Rebecca Romaine just, like, digs in the wound <laughs> on Jerry O'Connell's neck. That was heinous. That was rough. She just gets like fucking almost elbow deep in his neck. Yeah. And pulls out something. I thought it was his heart at first, but I think it's supposed to be his soul. But I don't think your soul is a thing that you can hold in your hand. But I mean, neither is like the devil. (laughs) Well, sure. (laughs) Um... Do, 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 do. Oh, according to Wikipedia, it's his heart. Didn't look like a heart. Yeah, I, no, it didn't. Especially later when they cook it. Yeah, and it suddenly got really big, like as big as a fucking casserole dish. Yeah, and she also said, like, who wants soul stew or something like that? Well, so, some shit. I don't know. She cuts it open like a fucking turkey. and this Yeah, this weird little mouth thing comes out. Yeah, just like sucking blood from her finger and then... Like it, she tells she she refers to it as Sam because his name is also Sam or Samuel. Yeah, there's a lot of Sams in this movie. Yeah, the rule of Sams, law of, law of Sams, code of Sams. And yeah, I think it's the code of Sams. It could be the code of Sams. Um, <laughs> she like takes the the well, not a casserole dish, it's a roaster pan outside, and she's like, "Okay, Sam or Samuel." Go find my virgin. My virgin. And she just like flings it and it flaps away like a fucking bird. <laughs> uh, it is weird. It weird was weird. Stuff. Before that happens, though, Sam runs next door. There's a girl there babysitting these two kids. And uh, long story short, basically, there's these two girls and they're trying to kill this other girl with a giant drilled dildo drilled though yeah did she call it a drill though she called it a drill though yeah. i thought she called it a chill though and i was like it's supposed to be like a chainsaw dildo that doesn't make any sense no it doesn't because you don't you don't chill when that's around I don't know. It's not, there's no that's, there's zero chill there. there's no chill <laughs> i mean not that you'd really be calm about a drill though either but no that's why you don't call it a chill though yeah you just call it a drill though yeah because it's a drill but uh, Whitney Moore of Bloody Disgusting is wearing the, the drill dough. Is that who that was? Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yep. Now you know. Yeah. Knowledge is power. G.I. Joe. <laughs> no, that's the wrong thing. But so Sam saves uh, this, this girl, Judy, from getting drill doughed. And so they, they become best friends. She's Ruby Modine. That's the actress? Yeah. Uh, what's she from? Uh, she was in Happy Birthday, or Happy Birthday to Me. I never saw it. 
Uh, no, the, uh, the fucking shitty movie. The, the, the oh, Happy Death Day. Yes, that's what I meant. Sorry. Yes, that's right. She was the the roommate. Yeah, uh, but she's also Matthew Modine's daughter. Oh, daddy or dada, papa, papa, papa. Yep, yep. I remember Matthew and Modine are two of Jiminy Glick's sons. <laughs> okay, I, I need to look that up. I need to find out what his other two. He has, he has four sons. Um, hold on. Go ahead and keep talking. I'm going to look this up. Okay, so you find out that uh, Judy is actually Rebecca Romaine Stamos O'Connell's daughter, and she was the original virgin who was supposed to get sacrificed. But so now they're they're teaming up. We should team up, right? Yeah, because <laughs> that's what people love. They love team ups. They do. Uh, oh, yeah, Morgan Mason and Matthew and Modine. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. That's that's them. Uh, um, yeah, so she... Basically, the whole thing is this entire neighborhood is part of... The entire Mill Basin neighborhood is part of the satanic cult. And they're trying to summon Baphomet, which, or Baphomet, which is word of the kings of hell. Um, they're trying to... This is where I get kind of lost. Are they trying to summon Baphomet, Baphomet himself? Or are they trying to birth him? See, throughout the whole movie, I got the impression that, that she was going to give birth to Baphomet. So what was that thing? Well, yeah, until the end when it seemed like Baphomet showed up and was like, hey, guys, I'm ready to fuck. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, there, it's really showing how these uh, kind of where a lot of the comedy comes from is showing that how these uh, these neighborhood people are really just like normal, like uptight suburbanites. Yeah. Um. You know, it, it, pretty much anybody who grew up in some suburb, you got like a like a subdivision or a neighborhood in your town where all the rich people live, and they're all kind of snooty, and you may know them in passing, or you might go to school with them or something, and you just kind of know that they're like you know this upper crust and they're kind of assholes, and these are basically who these people are, mm-hmm. but they're also Satanists, <laughs> right? <laughs> and that's kind of where a lot of the comedy originates from is just seeing how. Um, almost incompetent they are yeah i mean there's also this like feud going on within the coven there's this woman named gypsy who is played by um arden mirin who you might recognize i I recognize her from psych personally i she was on mad tv or in later seasons yeah yeah and she her and uh rebecca romaine's character who is danica by the way um She's kind of trying to like push her off her pedestal and take over as head of the coven. Yeah. So they're they're feuding, and that's funny at times. Right. Also, I didn't even recognize Jordan Ladd. I I recognized her as somebody I recognized, but I couldn't figure out who it was. Yeah. Until I saw the credits at the end, I was just like, man, she got she got a whole 
I mean, not, yeah. not like decrepit, but she just, she got old. Like I, I still have this image of her from like Cabin Fever and, uh, yeah, right. And, uh, uh, Club Dread. Yeah. But that's fuck like 10 years ago. At maybe least. Maybe more. Probably 15. Yeah. And she's married to, uh, Jeff Daniel Phillips, right. who's also in Three from Hell. That's our tie in. It's a good tie in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is the, the Jeff Daniel Phillips episode. It's a gimmick. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to start getting into, you know, the, the ending and the spoilers and whatnot. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny just because so many of the, the, the Satanists, you know, you, you kind of think, oh, they're, they're Satanists. They're very dark and very serious and, you know, um, grim and the whole thing is just very mysterious, but it's really not because they're all suburbanites and they're like just normal people aside from being Satanists. Yeah. And um, yeah, and so that's kind of the the, the funny part about it. Um, and um, yeah, you know, it, it's funny seeing Sam as kind of an outsider, seeing how incompetent they are. Yeah, because <laughs> um, she's constantly like, you know, she's scared for her life, but then she sees like these people be so indecisive or. Um, like, like unable to carry out their plans or anything, you know, stuff like that. Um, and so it's it's funny to see her reaction. Sam was played by Haley Griffith, who she's a fairly newcomer, I believe. Yeah, I looked at her IMDb and I didn't recognize anything on it. Yeah, it wasn't very very substantial. Yeah, she's a. She reminded me a lot of Alexandra Daddario. I thought the exact same thing. Yeah. Um, it's somebody and, else. And Larissa, Larissa Olenek was the other one I kind of got a, a hint of. I didn't pick up on that, but whatever. She did. She, she reminded me of Alexandra Daddario and someone else at the time, but now I can't think of who that was. Um, but no, she had the very a lot of the same properties about her. Like she's like very sweet, innocent looking. You know, big blue doe eyes and. Um, just very girl next door look to her. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This movie like reminded me of House of the Devil, but interesting. <laughs> sure. Yeah. It's like if you took House of the Devil and just cut out all of the parts where nothing happens, you'd have like five minutes. Well, yeah, and then like stretch it out into a movie. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I I don't really know what else to say about it. I mean, we can't really give away the ending. So. Right. Um, but I mean, it was funny. Um, it's 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 kind of a dry humor at times. At there times. are there are other times when it's kind of a little slapsticky, but yeah. Um, because I never ha- found myself like letting out like a guffaw or anything, you know. Sure. But there were parts where I was just like, hey, yeah, that's clever. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I was like Mandy Moore in Scrubs. That's funny. <laughs> um, there's not a lot of blood and guts. Um, I mean, there is some, and the stuff that's in there. There's, is, there's literally some guts. Yes. <laughs> uh, the stuff that's in there looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's there's some gross out stuff. Definitely, is, yeah, pretty good. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I don't really have any complaints about it. It's not something that uh, is, at least for me, is going to be terribly memorable. No. But um, but it was fun. It was fun to watch, you yeah. know, in the moment. Yeah. Um, I love AJ funny. Bowen. I don't know what it is, but that guy just, I, he's he's one of those people that like, if people like, you know, name five of your favorite actors, I'm never going to name AJ Bowen. <laughs> but every time I'm like, oh, fucking AJ Bowen's in this? Hell yeah, I'm watching yeah. this. <laughs> It took me a minute to re- uh, recognize him, too, because I think I'm so used to seeing him with a beard. And he had that hat on at first, Yeah, too. and that was throwing me off, too. Um, plus, the, his character was so different from anything I'd seen him play before. That's true. Um, but Yeah, I mean, it's it a good cast. I mean, um, all the, the Satanists um, were, were, were really good and, and pretty funny. Even Rebecca Romaine, who I usually can't stand, was was pretty good. Um, and you know Jerry O'Connell. It's so funny because I I loved uh, Sliders. Did you ever watch that? No. Anybody that doesn't know, it was a show that he was on in mid nineties, uh, where he would he and his ragtag group of friends would um, transport between different worlds, like different dimensions. It's all the same. There's all planet Earth. They're all in the same city. I think it was San Francisco, if I remember right. Um, but it was always a different world, different things going on, and that, that was kind of like the the the, uh, the plot of the week was like what's what's different about this world. Um, but I always loved that show. But he was always very serious, like he. And so now seeing him in these kinds of roles where he plays a total like goofball or like he's. He, He's built up for like comic relief. It just it, it cracks me up all the more because I always took him so seriously <laughs> when I was watching Sliders. What was the movie where him and Charlie were like frat bros? You know, as soon as you said Charlie, I like I thought of what you're thinking about and I cannot remember. They're what like it was. outside on a swing set talking to somebody. And the only line I can remember is Me gusta Josefina. I don't know. Charlie O'Connell's probably been in few enough movies where it'd be easy. To <laughs> yeah, that's out. probably true. It's funny in the, in the later seasons of Sliders, he played Jerry O'Connell's brother on the show. Oh, it was new guy. The movie? Yeah. I don't remember that. Dog, your breath stinks. Yes, it does. Go away. <laughs> Or breathe that way. Yeah, I mean, as far as horror goes, it's it's definitely a comedy first. I think comedy horror is is apt. Yeah. In this case, but I mean, it's you know, it does have those elements. It's got, uh, it does have blood and guts in it. It does have satanists and demons and yeah. So there's a fuck pile at the end. Yeah, it's <laughs> weird because in a movie like this, you kind of just expect nudity, but up until like the last fifteen minutes, there's none. But then there's a lot. There's a lot of nudity. Like I never saw so many boobs in one place. <laughs> um, there were like big, huge ones too. Oh yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, I just thought I'd point that out. <laughs> it's funny because like as they're like starting the ceremony, you're just like, this feels like like they're just all there to, to fuck. Yeah. And the next thing you know, yeah, they're all fucking. They're all fucking. <laughs> And some guys got like a goat mask on. Oh yeah, they all put on their uh, their Frank Reynolds orgy masks. 
<laughs> Orgy. Yeah. And then they start the dance of the pagan. Man, I, I need to watch fucking Dragnet again. Dragnet's so good. <laughs> People against goodness and normalcy. <laughs> Yeah, I think I've said all I can say about uh, about Satanic Panic. Hey, old Shaitan. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Hell, Satan. Uh, they played that when we saw him. Ghost. Yeah, it was it was cool. The ghost. It was cool when they played that. It was tight. <laughs> it was tight, is what it was. Hey, this is like a Satanic show, so I could maybe use one of their songs for the end. Yeah, you could. I, I could do that. <laughs> uh, are, are we done with that? I'm. I'm I think I've said all I can say. Yeah, I feel. Yeah, I think if we try to say any more. We're just going to start repeating. Yeah, or spoiling that too. And I don't want to do either of those. Um. Me, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was fun. Um, again, like I said, I, I don't think this is. Uh, Anything that I'll necessarily remember as a standout in in a year, you know, but I had fun with it. Um, hated it. Oh, big fucking surprise. Like, she sat there and watched it with me, so I didn't think she was hating it. And then she just goes, this movie's so dumb. <laughs> yeah, I get that a lot, too. <laughs> Uh, I was like, it's dumb, and she goes, or annoying, or something. I don't know, <laughs> something I don't like. Like you just know you don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I get that a lot. She was a uh, yeah, t- just like came out of left field. I was like, I, you were sitting here watching it with me, so I figured you were okay with it. But I, I was enjoying it. <laughs> um, I don't know, seven. That's what I'm thinking. Seven? Seven, yeah. I mean, theoretically, it should be six, because, you know, devil. Uh, but we need another, another one. We need another person to give it a six. Yeah. So it's six, six, six. The number of the beast. Yep. For it is a human number. Iron Maiden. <laughs> yep. Uh. <laughs> What are we talking about most of the time? Like nothing. We absolutely nothing. <laughs> We're idiots. If you if you took out every second of the show that we talked about nothing relevant or like where we didn't talk about anything relevant, we'd have like a 10 minute. It'd show. be like that half hour show we were talking about yeah. earlier. <laughs> <laughs> but who wants that? Probably anybody who listened to the first half of this episode. <laughs> Like, I wish that didn't exist. You want to go back and record it again? <laughs> no. At least we have the original recording to go off. We could just repeat ourselves. <laughs> That'd be so hard to do. <laughs> um, yeah. So, seven. Sevens. Neat. Yeah. Next up is uh, the new cut from uh, Rob Zombie. Robert Zombie. Yep. You gonna tell them what it is? <laughs> I'm, I'm getting there. Uh, it is called Three from Hell. 
search for the fugitives known as the Devil's Rejects resulted in a violent clash with police. Chances for survival are less than a million to one. There's no justice in this world. I am justice. They're trying to blame us, but we didn't do it. Free the three. 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 <laughs> now we can have a real dead and dead. Maybe last words. I'm just a clown dancing for the sins of mankind. Did I just go? This is my death factory. You are the product. I love it. Zombie's real name is Robert Bartley Cummings. Yes, it is, Taylor. He legally changed his name to Zombie, though. Oh, did he? Yeah. It's a, I, remember, I remember seeing that. Uh, he was on, like, Conan or something. And he said that he legally changed his name. And he took out his driver's license and showed the camera. Dude from Power Man is his brother? Yeah. I thought it was his cousin. Nope. All right. He did not legally change his name to Spider One. <laughs> no, N- nobody would call him that. She's like, your name is Phil. No, it's David. David, your name is David. Oh, sorry, Michael. Your name, Michael David. His, his David's his middle name. Your name is. He you, might go by David. Your name is David. <laughs> My <laughs> name's Michael. Shut up, David. Call <laughs> me uh, <Holy> Spider. <laughs> Why I call you Spider? Okay, so three from hell. Is uh, a brand new movie just came out. Uh, actually, it did uh, a three night special event. One for each from hell. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it was like three nights from hell. Yeah. Is what they should have called it. It doesn't seem like people would want to go to that. No, they wouldn't call it. Like, that's be not dumb. good marketing. <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> um, but it is a so sequel. Yeah, you want to go to? You want to go to one of the nights from hell? No, that sounds terrible. <laughs> um, it is the third movie in the, I guess, called the Devil's Rejects series trilogy. Um, the the Firefly family trilogy. I guess that works too. Um, you know, this took for fucking ever to come out, and as such. Sid Haig is now too fucking old to do an entire movie. Yeah. So he set this one out for the most part because Devil's Rejects came out in 2005. 
for those of you keeping track at home, it is now 2019. That is a 14-year separation between movies. That's a long-ass time. It is a long-ass time. And Sid Haig is like in his 80s. Yeah. Um, You know, he was supposed to be in this movie more, and he had actually ended up being in it for a total of like 10 minutes, maybe. If that, yeah. Um, But he's supposed to be in it more, and he started having health issues, which I think he was he's currently still de- dealing with. I think. I think these are different health issues he's dealing with now. Uh, maybe. You know, getting old's a bitch. Um, but he was originally supposed to be in the movie more. Then he started getting sick. So they rewrote the film to uh, filter his character out and bring in Richard Brake's character, <clears throat> um, who was uh, Foxy, by the way. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, this movie picks up, uh, I think it's actually relative time. I mean, it's, I think it's what, is it 10? Wait, did they say it was like 10 years? They said it was 1988. And the original was, or Devil's Rejects was 1979? Um, 78. So it's 10 years later. Okay, so I, I thought I heard 10 years, but I wasn't sure. From Barry Boswick? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting there, like every time the narrator comes on, I'm thinking, I know that voice. It sounds like Barry Boswick, but that's such a weird person to have as a narrator. And then, yeah, the end credits run, fucking Barry Boswick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the fucking mayor of New York. Mayor of Spin City. <laughs> yep. Um. Anyway. So this uh, picks up actually right after the events of Devil's Rejects, um, where you actually find out that the Firefly flam, flam-, flam- gonna, family. I'm probably going to do that quite a few times, unless I can avoid saying it. The Fireflies. Yeah, the Fireflies um, somehow managed to avoid death. Yeah. <laughs> Even though we watched them get riddled full of bullets. Just a little bit of spoiler alert, and it's not a huge spoiler because it's literally like the first five minutes of the movie. The big question everyone wanted to know about this movie is how did they survive the shootout at the end of Devil's Rejects? The answer is they did. Yeah, they just did. That's <laughs> that's, that's literally the explanation is they just did. It's like, you know, people, people survive gunshots all the time. That's Pro- it. Probably not that many. Rarely do they survive that many, yeah. And it's not like it's like, oh, you know, they missed a bunch of times, which they probably did. But you know what? We watched them get shot full of bullets. Oh, yeah. So many bullets. Um, anyway, but they lived. And as such, they were all arrested and um, sent to trial for murder, for multiple murders. Um, they're actually referred to as the House of a Thousand Corpses murders. Mm-hmm. Which I couldn't decide if I liked that or thought it was stupid. Maybe somewhere in the middle. I mean, I feel like if the events of the Devil's Rejects hadn't happened, then I would have liked that a lot more. But it's like most of their murders happened outside that house. Yeah. And they did actually call them like our like newspapers. We're calling them the Devil's Rejects. Mm-hmm. Again, I wasn't sure if I liked that. I liked that part of it. Um, but so they all have been put in prison. Um, they're all on death row 
Uh, and for whatever reason, inexplicably, uh, Captain Spaulding is uh, put to death first by lethal injection. And that kind of explains away why he's not in the rest of this movie. Yeah. Um, and I like it, it was it's tough to say that openly because it's kind of a spoiler sort of kind of but i mean it's it's right at the beginning of the movie so there's really no avoiding it if we're gonna be talking about it yeah um <laughs> i mean it's really weird to be like yeah sid Haig's not in the movie but i can't tell you why now here's a bunch of talk about the movie that sid Haig's not in yeah that's like something happens and then he wasn't there anymore <laughs> um <laughs> it's like he was in prison on death row something happened and he wasn't alive anymore. <laughs> um, but he basically, like his role, Sid Haig's role, uh, was essentially the same as it was in Death House. Yeah. He was sitting in a chair talking for about five minutes, and then then he was dead. Yep. Um, but Otis, who is just as crazy as ever, if not more so, he says, fuck this. I'm getting out of here. And for some reason, they put a convicted murderer on death row on a chain gang. <laughs> I don't think that happens. No. You know, they're on death row for a reason. Right. <laughs> um, But he's out on a chain gang, and he's out there with um, Danny, Trejo. Danny Trejo's character from Devil's Rejects. Um, what the fuck was his name? Uh, Rondo. He's one of the bounty hunters that uh, the sheriff hired to help him bring down the fireflies. And yeah, <laughs> him and him DD and fucking DDP. B. <laughs> I was trying to think of why he wasn't in this too, but I remembered his character died in Devil's Rejects. Did he? Pretty sure. Pretty sure he got shoosted. He's also doing a lot of yoga. Doing hell yoga. He's very busy with yoga. Yeah. Uh anyway. So yeah, he's on a chain gang with 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 Rondo. And he says, he looks up and he says, I remember you. And Rondo says, I, I don't remember you. It's like, how do you not remember him? Yeah, no shit. <laughs> it's like you remember people like that. Um He's like, you will, brother. <laughs> Um, so that's when Foxy comes and just helps Otis escape. Yeah, somehow manages to take down like five armed guards as well as all of the prisoners. Um, so that was a little phoned in. Uh, <laughs> so they escape and then they start laying out this plan to, um, get baby out of jail. And baby has straight lost her mind. Yeah. She was, I mean, already a little crazy, but, you know, not insane. Um, but, yeah. So, I mean, her and Otis have just really gone off the deep end. I mean, Otis was already, already kind of a, a nutcase, but now he's gone like full Charlie Manson. Mm -hmm. um, and you could really see the influence in the character. Like, you always, I think, kind of picked up on that. In House of House Corpses and Devil's Rejects, but this one, it really shone through like exactly how much he was just pulling from Charlie Manson. 
you know, calling himself the devil. And Except he was actually, like, got his own hands dirty. Right. Yeah. Manson was just kind of a, a pussy. Yeah. He was a, he was a puppet master. Um, Speaking of which, off topic real quick, um, she listens to Dak Shepard's podcast. Oh, of course, we're, she's we're, got a podcast. We were listening to it the other day and he had Charlie Day on. Oh, yeah. And he said that he was supposed to go read for um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for Charles Manson. Really? Yeah. Oh, man, that would have been awesome. (laughs) I wish that would have (laughs) happened. The guy that played him, though, is legit. Oh, have you seen it? No, but uh, I've, I've seen him. I've seen like clips of him playing manson in the movie and he actually plays manson in mindhunter oh yeah yeah so, but it's interesting because he plays manson as a young man as a young boy <laughs> as a young boy and um once upon a time in hollywood <laughs> what, is, what is happening to me but then in mindhunter he plays him as, as an older guy like in his uh, 40s hmm um, and watching and just showing the contrast between how he plays the character. It's pretty interesting. Anyway. Um, yeah, so they, they devise this plan to uh, take advantage of Jeff Daniel Phillips, who plays the warden of the prison that Baby's in, um, and uh, leverage his his wife to to get baby out of jail. Um and they just kind of go on a killing spree. I mean, it's from there it's really just like Tells Rejects again. <laughs> yeah, more or less. They like take off to Mexico. Yeah. And then uh fucking the parking attendant from Ferris Bueller is kind of hiding them out, but then he narks on Oh my them. god, that is who that is. Yeah, man. <laughs> I don't know the guy's name, but I, I can think of every movie I've seen him in. Um, oh, God, I forgot Clint Howard was in this. Oh, yeah, it's Mr. Baggy Bridges. <laughs> Clint Howard plays a clown. Uh, it's just like the saddest clown. Well, I mean, he walks in to a fucking shotgun in his face. Yeah. And then he pisses himself. It's it's a big mess. Um. Anyway, so, yeah, I mean, a, a good deal of this movie takes place in, in Mexico. Um, you know, that's where they start doing all their, uh, their horn and drinking and this and that. You know. Back in the day where it was easy to get in and out of Mexico. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I don't really know what else to say. I don't want to talk about, you know, I don't want to get into like spoiler territory because this is, you know, it was only a three night engagement where you could see it in theaters and it's actually coming out. I don't know about, about VOD, but it is out, coming out on Blu-ray in like a month. I think. Yeah, next month sometime. Um, so you'll be able to see it very soon. And so I don't want to blow it apart for you guys yeah um i don't know do you have anything to add i mean i I think we can say that when they get to mexico they're like free from the cops but it doesn't mean there aren't still people after them right yeah i mean they they killed a lot of people along the way and you know once the word gets out that they got out of prison revenge is a dish best served 
Coldly. What? Coldly. Revenge. Serve it coldly. Like like gazpacho? <laughs> yes, Taylor. Gazpacho. <laughs> Is gazpacho supposed to be cold? Yeah. Uh, it's supposed to be like iced. I know. Uh, what's it? Is it? Is it? Vis- Visiswa? I don't know. I don't speak French. <laughs> you don't speak anything. You barely speak English. It's true. <laughs> um. Yeah. That's. Uh, I mean. So that that's the premise. I mean, it basically just picture devil's rejects in Mexico. <laughs> that's kind of what you get. Which. It's fine. I mean, that's what the movie is. It's the fireflies killing people. Yeah. And, you know, regardless of where they do it, if, if you want a sequel of these characters, this expect that's what they're going to do. Yeah. Um, to expect more, I think, is silly. Um, and so, you know, when I, when I look and see that this movie has a 44% on Rotten Tomatoes, you know, granted, Rotten Tomatoes is kind of... Set or mess because you know you got the snooty, pretentious people who don't like anything horror, right? Still rating stuff, and, and especially a movie like this where it was only released for three nights. Yeah, you're probably not going to get a lot of audience ratings, yeah. except for maybe some of the people that saw it. Um, but you know, it's it's like what what did you expect? Why did you even bother seeing it if you're going to rate it so lowly? Yeah, um, lowly. That's not a word. Well, it's not the correct word, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, but it's, it's but I've seen a lot of people, like my friends and stuff, just raving about it. Yeah, I don't know that I'd rave about it. Yeah, I was thinking that was a little weird too. It was okay. Wait, right. wait, wait you thought it was weird that I wouldn't? No, wouldn't? I thought it was weird that people would rave about it. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you know, it's not bad, but it's it's not anything like epic. Yeah. So the last good movie, and I will stand by this, last good movie that Rob, uh, Rob, uh, I'm almost call him Robert, Rob Zombie made uh, was Devil's Rejects. He hasn't made a good movie. Well, you liked Halloween. Yeah, I forgot about Halloween. I, for some reason, I had it in my head. Halloween came first. But yeah, so Halloween was good, um, regardless of what the Carpenter fanboys say. Um, and... But basically, everything after that has been absolute shit. 31 was shit. Lords of Salem was shit. Um, was there anything else? I don't think so. Yeah. Um, so he kind of... Uh, oh, uh, El Super Bisto. Oh, I never even saw that. That was dumb. It was just, it's like it tried to be raunchy, <clears throat> but it was just stupid. Mm. <laughs> um. Uh, but yeah, like everything he's done since Devil's Rejects... Well, I'm sorry since Halloween has just been shit. So it's like, while I was like hoping that maybe he could come back to his, you know, last good film, uh, series and kind of revive his film career. Um, I was not holding out a lot of hope like, okay, well he seems to have set this trend of making just real dog shit movies. Um, Yeah. It was kind of like, it was like, I have this hope that since he's going back to his last good movie, that this one will be good. Then at the same time, it's like, but maybe it's going to be awful. Yeah. And it's going to kind of tarnish the legacy of the trilogy. Right. Um, 
But no, I mean, I was just kind of being in the middle. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that I was pleasantly surprised. And that has a lot to do with the fact that I went in with very low expectations. Yeah. Um, I think it's funny that uh, like Kevin Smith heralded this movie as, quote, horror heaven. And me and you were talking and we both were like, while we were watching it, we were like, this movie is so wordy. It's like a fucking Kevin Smith yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. That he said uh, that he would come out and say that, and that that we were both thinking the same thing. Yeah. So, um. But yeah, there's so much fucking talking. Like, how long is this movie? 111 minutes. So is it an hour and twenty? Uh, no, no just under two hours. Yeah, hour and so, fifty. So it's a, it's a long fucking movie for for what it is. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it's same thing with like a Kevin Smith movie. You could cut out 20 minutes of dialogue. Well, yeah, it's it's not like the dialogue is like really adding much. No. It's just people talking. Yeah. A lot of it is just baby rambling. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know if she was like trying to compensate for um, a a, a lower, a a smaller presence of uh, Captain Spaulding, who did a lot of ranting and raving. Um, But a lot of it was unnecessary. But... On that note, I will say that out of the three movies, actually, out of all of Rob Zombie's movies, I'd say this is the best that I've seen her do on screen. I, I think, I she, I think would, she might be I growing. Pro- as, I would probably agree. Yeah. I think she might be growing as an actress, actually. <laughs> uh, even though she only works every you know five years when her husband makes a movie. Right. <laughs> um, there's, there's definitely parts where Foxy will say something or do something and you're like, that's a Captain Spaulding line. Yeah. You could tell that this was like rewritten, not on the fly, but like rewritten where they still left certain parts in and just changed them to Foxy. Yeah. Um, there are, I don't know, like I like Richard Brake, but to me, he didn't really fit in this. I agree. And I don't know if that's just because I had like a sweet spot for the original three. That like that might be it. That it feels like he doesn't fit because it kind of feels like he was shoehorned in. Yeah. Um, and his character just to me seemed awkward. And that's the best word I can think of. Like it almost felt like like if we were to go hang out and then like one of our friends that we don't see that often would show up and just be like, hey guys, what are we doing? Yeah. Like it kind of feels like that. It's like he's just kind of tagging along. Yeah, I mean, come come drink come, with us, hang I guess. Out. <laughs> um <laughs> uh but yeah, I mean like that's not to say Richard Brake wasn't good. He he was he's good in it. Right. But for some reason his character just didn't really fit with Otis and Baby. Um he just he really st- stood out as as kind of a sore thumb mm-hmm. to me. Um like I said, I think it's just noticeable that he's kind of forced in to to take the place of Captain Spaulding. Yeah. Um but I mean then you have like throughout throughout the rest of the cast you had, you know, um Rob Zombie regulars kind of popping up. That was another thing that I kind of like. It also it was, it was another thing that reminded me of Kevin Smith. Is it's like I want to get all my friends in this movie, mm-hmm. 
And so it's like like Danny Trejo's on screen for two minutes. Like Clint Howard's on screen for two minutes. Yeah. And it's just like some of these characters don't need to be here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Danny Trejo, uh, Clint Howard, um, Jeff Daniel Phillip, who actually had a pretty prominent role in the movie. Um, D. Wallace. D. Wallace. Uh, I feel like they were. Bill Obers Jr. Right. Poncho Moeller from 31. Yeah, so I mean, a lot of familiar faces that you've seen in other. Ugh, Richard Reilly. Oh God, yeah, I forgot about him. He made a million dollars. He was in the movie for what? Ten seconds. Yeah, if that. Like he was on. He wasn't even like there in person. He was doing. He he was. A, I think he was like a sheriff deputy or something, or the sheriff. Uh, and he was doing an interview on TV. Yeah, and that was it. Uh, but you know, it's always a delight to see a delight to see him on screen. <laughs> oh, Sean Whalen. Oh yeah. Um, Daniel Roebuck, who I think was in Thirty One. I don't know the name. This guy. Was he in Thirty One? Says he's been in numerous Rob Zombie movies. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was in um, Devil's Rejects. Yeah, 31. Halloween 2. Halloween. It wasn't Halloween, okay. But he wasn't in Devil's Rejects? It does not look like he was in Devil's Rejects. Maybe I'm remembering from Halloween then. He was in Bubba Hotep. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but yeah, just a lot of characters that just kind of like came and went so quickly that it would just felt like Rob Zombie was like, I'll, I'll, don't worry, I'll, I'll get you in here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got something for you. Now you just fly down to Texas for two days. <laughs> um, but yeah. This, uh, this, this, the storytelling was, the, was there. I mean, it was... Um, it was a good plot, I guess. I mean, nothing really original or, or new, I should say. It, like I said before, it was basically Devil's Rejects again, which is fine because Devil's Rejects was a good movie. Uh, the characters are intriguing. Um, I, I assumed that they were trying to portray the characters as having gone more crazy than they already were, but I feel like uh, it kind of came off weird um baby's the really the only one that came across that way well see you know i feel like um uh otis foxy yeah otis um totally spacing on his name bill Bill mosley uh he was trying to recapture the role that he played 15 years or 14 years ago um and it just didn't quite hit the same hmm Especially when he's standing in there, like in the hooker's bedroom, in his underwear, trying to say that he's the devil. (laughs) It's like, I don't know, man. You're not really looking like the devil right now. (laughs) It's like you looked like the devil in House of a Thousand Corpses. Or when you're standing over that guy saying that you are the devil and you came to do the devil's work. That was was like Like before when he would say it, it would be like in a moment like that, you know, like. At the, but before he kills somebody or something, and this it's almost like he's like trying really hard to convince people. Yeah, it's like no, but but really, I'm the devil. Like seriously, you guys. Yeah, it's it's kind of almost like an old man trying to convince somebody that he was still like a badass. <laughs> yeah. Um. 
Said, no, I can still I can still hang. Yeah. And it's like I love Bill Mosley and I love the character Otis, but something just wasn't hitting right. So you think that was the writing? It might have been in the writing. And you know, it's you, you see this a lot when they try to um revive something that's several years old. Sure. It's like this, you know, this actor has to go back and recapture kind of the same headspace that they were in a decade ago. And, you know, maybe it doesn't always happen the same way, or sometimes they kind of reinterpret a character, and it just, it's not the same. Yeah. Um, Let's not say it was bad. I mean, I'm not saying that at all, but it was definitely a different Otis. Yeah. To me, at least. My one One of my favorite parts of both this and The Devil's Rejects is when Otis, like, gets really humanized. Like the 2D fucking fruity scene. Yeah. <laughs> or like in this one, when they first get to Mexico, and he's... That like they're talking about going to the hotel or something, and I think him and Baby just have this like brother sister moment, mm-hmm. and it's just like it's it's so weird to see this character who is like you know supposed to be so evil and just this like epitome of the worst kind of person, yeah. And then he's having this like touching moment with his sister all of a sudden. Right. Um, you know what's weird is like through House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects, I interpreted um, Otis as kind of like an adoptive brother of baby because he was like a f- a friend of captain spaulding or uh cutter i guess that's his his actual like nickname his shoot name huh his shoot name his shoot name yeah like in wrestling you have your kayfabe name and your shoot name your work name shoot name oh okay <laughs> like hulk hogan's shoot name would be terry balea Hulk Hogan's not his real name. You know that, right? Yeah. I'm just, <laughs> I guess I'm just trying to figure it out. Never mind. Um, so I was going to say something else. Damn it. What was it? You felt like he was an adopted brother. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but in this, it seemed to make it very clear that Spaulding was Otis's dad. Yeah. Which is contrary to what I was led to believe in the previous two movies. So I'm just very confused, I guess. <sighs> anyway, um, uh, yeah. So the, the, while it was very formulaic, almost uh, like following Devil's Rejects, I did feel like the story kind of meandered. A little bit. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that had to do with like that, that kind of Kevin Smith, like too much dialogue shit. And um, yeah, it's, you kind of lose track and it feels like it stays on one, this one insignificant thing a little too long. Um, and, you know, eventually it comes back to the point and things start moving again, but there's a lot of slowdown. And, you know, when you're talking about a movie that's almost two hours long, just like, those are the things where, you, like, you bring in... Did he edit this himself? I don't know. I mean, assuming he did, it's like, that's the kind of thing where you bring somebody else to edit for you. Yeah. And say, okay, well, this needs to come out, this needs to come out, this is how we make a movie that flows well. Um. But yep. 
what what are you, what are your thoughts i mean i i think that it's it's too long because it's too wordy and because there's too many just characters coming and going that don't actually serve a purpose yeah also i wish there would have been more kind of uh somebody else did edit it i wish there would have been more kind of like the characters getting their hands dirty it's just a lot of shooting yeah yeah um I I don't really know why that is. It seemed like there was a well, as far as violence goes and like um just like gore for lack of a better word, there seemed to be a lot less than this. Except didn't they they crushed somebody's head, didn't they? Or maybe I don't remember. I could have sworn they like smashed somebody's head. <laughs> maybe I'm remembering it wrong, I don't know. Um anyway. Uh, anything else to say? I don't think so. Okay. Um, do, have we done Devil's Rejects? I don't think we have. Really? Seems like something we would have done. Um, man, I don't know what to give this. That's that's neat. I love when people have loud vehicles for like no reason other than to just be a complete jackass. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, like I I didn't think it was terrible. Like apparently a lot of the critics do, but I also didn't think it was fantastic. Like apparently a lot of just horror film goers are thinking. For me, it's it's you know it's I don't want to say it's right down the middle because it's a little better than that, but I, I'm gonna give it a six. All right. I think it's good, but it's not it's not Devil's Rejects good. But I, I think it's it's the best thing Rob Zombie's put out since then. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that pretty much matches my sentiment too. Um Yeah, I guess I'll put it at six. Seems fair. We agree like too much. I know, we really <laughs> do. Um but I mean, you know, what, what, do you, what am I supposed to say? It was like it was a, it was a fine movie. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's like it wasn't groundbreaking because he's basically made this movie before. But at the same time, it wasn't bad. So yeah, it was it was a fine continuation. Yeah, other than the fact they didn't fucking explain the end of the last movie. <laughs> All right, well, that's gonna do it for us today, guys. Um, I hope you enjoyed this long episode where we mostly talked about nothing <laughs> it's a show about nothing <laughs> and you'll watch it because it's on tv <laughs> um i'm gonna eat a chips away right here uh, we will be back in one week because we are kicking off october rama 2019 i know guys it snuck up on us too yeah <laughs> we were supposed to record episode one today but we did not realize it. Nope. So, yeah, um, next week, we're going to be doing Week of the Vampire. We're going to be uh, talking about, I forget, what are we doing? We're gonna, well, it's going to be Week of the Draculas, because right. we're going to be watching Bram Stoker's Dracula and Dracula 2000. Yeah. It's so weird. We were watching Bram Stoker's Dracula at Mopop, um, was it last week? Yeah. 
And um, it's like, I could swear we'd done it on the show before. But he told me we didn't. And then I went back and looked. And it's like, no, we fucking haven't. What the hell? Um, so we're going to do it now. We get to watch it again. <laughs> All like two and a half hours of it. So uh, look out for that next Wednesday, guys. Um, and uh, until then, Taylor, where can people find us? Best place to find us is at graveplotpodcast.com. You can catch all our old episodes, buy our merch, check out our videos, all that other nonsense. You can also catch us on wherever your uh, podcasts are found, as long as that place is in Spotify. Leave us a rating and review. Send us an email. Let us know you did. We'll send you some free swag. Uh, follow us on social media, Facebook and Instagram, Grave Plot Podcast, Twitter, Grave underscore Plot, and YouTube, uh, Grave Plot Podcast. And of course, Patreon.com slash Grave Plot Podcast if you want to contribute to the, sh- the whatever this is, show monetarily <laughs> in exchange for exclusive content. Yes, sir. We just uh, recorded a video review for uh, Anal Nation. <laughs> Anal Nation. Ah, starring Natalie Portman. Workman. Workman. (laughs) Okay, guys. So, we'll see you next week with Octoberama. Until then, I'm Skeletoni. I'm Taylor of Terror. And this has been the Grave Flat Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. (laughs) 